0: Uh, Luke chapter five, verse one. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word. He know, uh, to, listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were wa- uh, washing their nets. So they were done fishing. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from the boat. Verse four, uh, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Verse five, master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch anything. But if you say so, I will let the nets down again. So here he is. Watch this. Isn't it funny how sometimes you can acknowledge the struggle that you've had? You can acknowledge where you may have fell short. You can acknowledge some things that didn't work out, but you can still obey God, even in the midst of things not working out your way. He says, listen, we worked all night on this and we didn't catch anything. However, if you say do it, then I'm going to do it again. Why am I going to do it again? Why? He says because you said it. So if you say do it, then I'm going to do it again. And sometimes we let those um, the times that we're discouraged, or so times that th- when things don't work out and all that, we let it stop us from future obedience. Don't let past or present um, a disappointments stop you from future obedience or present obedience like just because something didn't work out in the past doesn't mean that it's because sometimes it's a timing thing sometimes it's sometimes the lesson is in doing it over and over and over again sometimes the lesson is in disappointment sometimes the lesson is in that the fact that it didn't work and now that you've learned that lesson god is like Go ahead and do it now because you learned the lessons that I needed you to learn in disappointment. Okay, and so and so never let the past things that didn't work out stop you from obeying what you what what you hear now. So he says he says, listen, we tried all night, didn't catch a thing, but you said go. So I'm going to let the nets down. Verse six. And this time, the nets were so full of fish that they began to uh, to to tear, to tear a uh, a shout for help, brought their partners uh, in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. That's what you call an overflow. Uh, Verse eight, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, oh, Lord, please leave me. I am too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught as others uh, were with him, uh, as were the others with him. His partner, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, uh, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. I don't forget I'm reading NLT to say you'll be fishing for them. Uh, verse 11. Uh and so and soon they had landed, left everything, and followed Jesus. So so watch this. As soon as they landed, leave the fish in the boat. They left everything, left everything they had, right? And they went and followed Jesus. Verse 12. In one of the villages, Jesus did what? He met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. Watch this. I love it. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Watch this. Lord, he said, if you are willing, can you heal me and make me clean? Watch this. Jesus responded 13. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the the leprosy uh, disappeared. Now watch this. He, he, he says, Lord, if you are willing, uh, can you heal me and make me clean? And so and so Jesus says, yes, I am willing. But watch what Jesus did before he even says that he reached out and he touched him. He didn't he didn't wait until he was clean. Because remember, when you dealt, it says in Leviticus, anybody who had leprosy had to be separate from everybody until you were clean and could show yourself to be clean. Right. While he was dirty, not yet clean. Jesus did what? Reached out to him. And he touched him. He touched him while he was dirty. He touched him while he had leprosy. Watch this. God. Right where you are, God can touch your dirty areas. He can touch your unclean areas. You don't have to wait to get everything right to come to him. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, I had a tough day and man, I did this and man, I did that. That's fine. He can still touch. well, you know, well, this was a struggle. And to be honest with you, sometimes, I see you here, sometimes some of the things we do ain't even really struggles. We willingly do some of this stuff or we just like, we just lunching and tripping. And the thing is, God can still touch us. Watch this, even in those times. And, and, And here's what's funny. Again, remember, they're supposed to separate themselves, right? No one else can touch him. No one else was, but Jesus did. No one else goes near, but Jesus went near. He listen when, and and this is something that's close to the heart of of impact. Is that we have to be comfortable talking to and helping with, and, and 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 struggling with people that nobody else wants to touch. People that nobody else wants to be around. If any, listen, if any of y'all been on the streets feeding the homeless, y'all know there are some smells that come through that line. You know, there's some, there are smells that come through that line. There are people with clothes falling off of them and halfway exposed. They, I mean, there's there and, and, and no one in their right minds would go near, would go would know near the people. Right. Um, um, uh, and, but but impact does and we and we treat everybody like people and there i mean there are dr- you can tell there are people who have been on who are high at the moment coming through the lines who are drunk in the moment coming through the lines you can say but 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 just like jesus how we reached out to, to people that nobody else would touch that's exactly what we do. You've been to Saint Anne's. If you ever been to Saint Anne's, you understand that we have a cycle with like there's a cycle of of uh, you, you you get there, you meet some of the moms and the babies, and after a few months, some you know come out of the system or out of the program. I should say, not the system come out of the program, and then they're living on their own, and then there's a new crop of of, of moms that come in there, and and the attitudes on some of the new moms in that in that listen, they, them girls be having some attitudes, and 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 nobody nobody want to touch them. You know, well, Saint Anne touch, touches them impact touches him and nobody want to deal with it because a lot of them have family in the area they leave St. Anne's and go go home to their parents and stuff on the weekend and then their parents take them right back to St. Anne's uh, on the, on the weekday and people don't want to touch him right and but but we have to be willing to touch those who no one else is willing to touch Jesus reached out to this man and then touched him and then he said I am willing right and so he did the action first then he said with his mouth I am willing then he said what be healed and so he touched this man right in his dirty moment before the man even had a chance to be before the man he was even clean then he was clean and truth be told if we're honest with ourselves he touches us when we're dirty all the time all the time he didn't wait for us to get our lives together but sometimes when we get our lives together we have we have what we call revisionist history where we revise history where we were we were clean and and or we've always been clean and that's why we but no 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 no, no. he got us when we were dirty and he still he still deals with us in our dirt all right let's move on before, um uh because it's obvious that we're going to, oh, we might get to two chapters tonight. Uh, let's see. Verse 14. Uh, this is one of the things that 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 uh, Sierra brings up sometimes that, that's kind of confusing. Maybe I, need, maybe I need to do a study on this. Or so maybe better yet, she can do a study on it. Verse 14. Then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. Uh, he said, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. Verse 16, we talked about this when we talked about prayer, but Jesus often did what? Withdrew to the wilderness for prayer, stopped what he was doing, stopped, stopped the healing, stopped the teaching, went to the wilderness where he could be alone, and did what? That's And, and, and did what? And for prayer. That's, that's vow right there. That's vow. If you want to talk about prayer— and you want to be a part? Vow is a part of twenty prayer groups, um, and some of them meet at the same time. I have no clue how she does both of them at the same. No, but vow, vow is a vow is a prayer warrior, and she would say Jesus often did what? Withdrew Himself uh, into the wilderness to pray. Verse seventeen. Uh, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from uh, every village in all of Galilee and Judea, uh, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. I love that. I love I love that. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus. But they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So what did they do? They went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on uh on his mat down to the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now watch this verse 20. Here's what I love. I'm gonna read, I'm gonna kinda of read this the, the whole story and then and then maybe go back. Watch this. Seeing their faith. Sorry, so Jesus seeing their faith. We we may need to do a whole thing. What does it mean for him for Jesus to for God to see your faith? Uh-oh, here we go. What it Somebody write that down. That's going to be another that's going to be another message. But I'm not going to do it here because this is Bible study. Uh, seeing that seeing their faith. OK, so Jesus, Jesus, noticing their faith, seeing their faith, said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Keep this in mind what he said in this first part. Your sins are forgiven. Now watch this. But the Pharisees and teachers, the religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can uh, forgive sins verse 22 Jesus knew what they were thinking. Remember we talked about that in a couple sermons back that oftentimes people thought things or said things among themselves thinking Jesus couldn't hear it, but Jesus knew their thoughts. Um uh, and then he re- he replied to that. Why do you question it uh this in your hearts? Watch this. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Jesus did watch listen. Jesus didn't say to the paralyzed man at first get up and walk. He told him what? Your sins are forgiven. Now, don't forget, there are plenty of times where Jesus would see people who were sick and needed something, and he would say, We just saw it with the man with leprosy, where he would say, I'm willing, and he healed him. This man with leprosy was a sinner, just like this man here who was paralyzed, but for whatever reason, Jesus, and it, 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 and it gets down to the discernment of understanding the need. Jesus seeing this man, yes, saw he was paralyzed, but saw that he needed what? Forgiveness of, of, of his sins. And so he says, young man, your sins are forgiven. They get upset with him, right? He doesn't even say anything about his physical condition yet, he addresses the sin, even though, again, earlier we see him tell the man with leprosy, you're, you know, be healed. He didn't even say anything about 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 uh, the sin there. So anyway, let's get down to uh, 23. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he turned uh, to the uh, paralyzed man and said to him, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. So he says, your sins are forgiven. He does this. They flip out about it. He knew they were going to flip out about it. And he says, so what's easier? Wh- which one's easier to forgive sins or to make this man walk? I'm going to do both of them. I'm, I, I already forgave him of his sins because just because I have, Listen. Just because you have a problem with Jesus forgiving this paralyzed man's sins doesn't mean the sins ain't forgiven. So just listen. Just because listen, you may you may you you got a problem with 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 God looking at Tanya as His daughter and God forgiving parents for and you have a problem with her walking in forgiveness and why, wow, Sister, is he walking in her forgiveness? Just look, he was already forgiven. Just because they had a problem with it doesn't mean this man was forgiven. It doesn't matter who who has a problem with it. And, and this is what we're talking about when we say you know you can't be so invested with beef with some people that either... Even if God was to change their hearts, you're still mad and upset and beefing with them. Like he could literally change someone. And because you're still holding on to something and look at them a certain way, you don't even see the change that has happened in their life. And we got to make sure that that we don't do that. So anyway, he says, what's, what's tougher? The fact that I forgive his sins or the fact that I have a paralyzed man, get up and walk. He says, I'm going to prove to you that I can forgive sins. He already, he already forgave him. He says, I'm going to prove to you that what I say happens because now I'm going to tell him to get up and walk. And you're going to watch him get up and walk. I already forgave him of his sins. You think I can't do that? I'm gonna show you that I can do that. How am I gonna do it? By now, I'm going to speak to this man who's paralyzed. Because by the way, none of y'all can do it. So now, watch me, watch me do this, and then it will show you and prove you that I have the power to do this. And Jesus says that to him. He says, uh, "Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home." Uh, Verse 25. And immediately, as everyone watched the man jump up, uh, everyone watched the man uh, jump. uh, I'm sorry, watched the man jump up, pick up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. All right, this is a story you probably remember from um, a couple of weeks ago when we uh, did, I did a teaching on this on a Sunday. Later, as Jesus left uh, the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Y'all yeah, remember this one? So I won't do a whole lot of teaching here. You can go back a couple of weeks um, we'll go and see this uh, and see this teaching. It says, "Follow me and be my disciple." Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything right there, and followed him. Later, Levi had a banquet in his home with Jesus as guest of honor. Many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with him. But here come the Pharisees. They never get tired of hating, um, but the it, it always seems like people like that are relentless. You know what I mean? Like every they always got something to say, and always got you know always something with them. And it's like, do you ever get tired of like being you? Like, do you ever do you ever get tired of all? Like, do you ever get tired of always having something to say? Do you ever get tired of talking about people behind their back? Do you ever do you ever notice that people know you talk about people behind it? Like, do you do you? No one's fooled. Like, well, anyway. Um, before we go, to, before I go too deep, here we go. Uh, let me catch myself. Come on, Rick. Here we go. Verse 29. Later, Levi held a banquet at his home with Jesus and cast the cast of Oh, yeah, right. Verse 30. But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus as the disciples and said, why do you eat and drink with such scum? Remember, if they're is with Jesus doing that, why are they addressing it with the disciples? Why are y'all asking, why are y'all asking them like, he, like they the ones? It's Jesus that you got a problem with, but they didn't want to say that to him. Verse 31. Then Jesus answered them. Remember, we talked about Jesus knowing people's thoughts. They asked the disciples that and they didn't ask Jesus, but Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. So he answered them. You don't. That's all in the sermon from a couple weeks ago. You don't have to respond to everything people say about you. Uh, They didn't respond to what they said to what. Uh, the, the Pharisees said, Jesus responded. Sometimes the best thing you could do is not say anything because believe me, God will respond to the ones who got all these questions about you. Uh, let's see, healthy people do not need a doctor, sick people do. Verse 32, I have come to call, not those who think they are righteous, but to those who know they are sinners and need to what? To repent. One day, uh, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? Uh, verse 34, Jesus responded, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from an old garment and uses it to patch an old, uh, a new garment, excuse me, and uses it to patch an old garment. Uh, for then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old one. So it's like, why would you take a new garment cut it up just to patch an old one because now you can't wear the new one and the old one doesn't even look right because it's not the same verse 37 not the same material verse 37 and no one puts new wine into old wine skins for the new wine would burst the wine skin spilling the wine and ruining the skins new wine must be stored in new wine skins but no one um but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new one the old is just fine they say uh yeah we got plenty of time chapter uh yeah chapter six we got time for chapter six um, one Sabbath day, Jesus was walking through uh, some grain fields and his disciples broke off heads of grain, rubbed the husk in their hands and ate the grain. But some Pharisees said, why are you breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Again, it's amazing to me how many times we read in the Gospels that the Pharisees had something to say about everything. And we see and we see that today. And by the way, these are the the religious leaders. And a lot of it just had to do with they they masked they masked their own greed and Behind religion. Right. And 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 you're not following the law. You're not following the book. You're not doing it the way it's supposed to be. Blah, 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 blah. So um, anyway, uh, verse three, Jesus replied, haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread uh, that only the priest can eat. And, and David wasn't a priest. Uh, he also gave some to his companions and they weren't priests either. Uh, and I, I add parenthetically verse five and Jesus added the son of man is Lord even over the Sabbath uh, verse six on another Sabbath day. And remember we did a whole teaching on the Sabbath. We did. I think I did two teachings on the Sabbath one that was more so law-based and the other one, which was rest-based. And so maybe go back and listen to those too. that might, um, I'll shed some light on, on some of this too. Um, on another Sabbath day, uh, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was t- teaching. I, yeah, I remember that we did a story. I think we did a, uh, did a teaching on this this story with this man, too. The teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. Of course they did. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Right, here they go with that law. So we're going to watch closely, see what's going to happen. But Jesus did what, what? And we've been reading this in Luke a lot. Jesus did what? Knew their thoughts. He said to the man with a deformed hand, Come and stand in front of everyone. So Jesus knew what they, watch this. Jesus knew what they were thinking, watching him closely in secret, trying to catch him. Jesus knew their thoughts and said, okay, if this, if this, if they want to see something, Let's let's have them watch this. Okay, listen. You don't need to be concerned about anybody watching watching behind watching behind corners or watching in the bushes, hoping that you fail or fall. God will say if, if they're looking for some for, if they're looking for a spectacle, I will make a spectacle. Micah, they look, somebody waiting for parent, you. you know, Val, uh, Sister Gwen, they waiting for you to. You know, they want to see if you going to what's going to happen here. What's going? If they, don't worry about nobody plotting against you. Don't worry about praying against people who pray against you. It's ridiculous to do that. God's not going to let any prayers that goes against you to. He's not going to listen to that. Why would he listen to that? God, I pray that you have parent fail. No, he's not going to listen to that. He's not going to listen. He's not going to listen to that. Why would he listen to that? Um, you don't have to worry about any of that. And so while they're sitting there trying to find a way to accuse Jesus, whispering to themselves, you know, well, let's look at him closely to see what's going to happen here. Because if he does this, we want to accuse him. Jesus says, oh, no, they're not going to do anything in secret. I'm going to, he says, man, come here. I want everybody to see this. And and, and no matter what they try to do behind your back or whether they whisper about you, Michael, or anything like that, or sister, Karen, his, you don't have to worry. God will then say, "Listen, I'm going to put Sister Karen on a platform. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do for her. I'm going to. Show, I want you to stand here where everybody will be able to see what I'm going to do uh, through your life." So Jesus knew their thoughts. He told him, "Come, stand in front of everyone." It uh, says, "So the man came forward." Then Jesus said to his critics, "I have a question for you." So now here's Jesus. Why? Here's the spotlight. Because, because watch this. It wasn't even about the man with the deformed hand, right? Jesus here about to prove a point. And the man is still going to be bene- is going to have the benefit from 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 Jesus proving the point and God getting the glory here. Uh, and so sometimes we got to understand it's not even about us. Like, you know, um, and, 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 uh, uh, and I think Sunday I'm going to teach you a little bit deeper on this with the message. But sometimes, you know, whether we just talk about Charmaine or we talk about Micah, you know, with 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 God blessing those two uh, in different areas of, uh, of their life. And sometimes we think it's about us like, oh, God did this for me. No, he actually did it for himself. He did it so his glory could be proclaimed throughout the earth. He did it so he could get the credit. It wasn't about you. It was, you know, um, they oh, I started my own company. You, you know, uh, yeah, he did that. You were a byproduct of him trying to get the glory here on earth. You know what I mean? And so it's not about you. Uh, it wasn't about this guy. It was about him trying to show these critics and him get and God getting the glory. Uh, let's see. I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this day to save life or to destroy it? And he looked around at them one by one and he said to them, notice how nobody had anything to say when he asked that question. They had all this stuff to say. But now that he asked you a question and it's time to respond, they had nothing to say. He looked around at them one by one and then said to them, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At this, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. Why wouldn't they just be happy that the man's hand was healed? They're so mad at it. And again, Jesus says, okay, come here. I'm gonna show something for everybody. And then he says to the critics, right? It was about him getting the glory about this and proving something that to, 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 to them it wasn't even about the man. And sometimes I'm just so happy that we are the byproducts of God getting glory on earth that he'll look at my life and say, I can do something with this guy, you know, um uh who other people may overlook, who other people may not appreciate, who other people may think is not talented enough, who other people may think not is, is not good enough, who some people think she can't do this, or some people think she can't do that, or this person, you know, was abandoned by their parents when they were younger, or this person suffered abuse as a child. And I'm going to take that and I'm and I'm going to do great things through this person who was abused as a child. I'm going to go do great things to this person who was raised by parents who were on drugs. I'm going to do great things by this person who, who suffered through depression. And stuff. I'm going to do great things through them, not necessarily because because of them. I'm going to do it because of me. And so uh, because of God. And so uh, I see you here. And, so and so we and so we got to thank God that sometimes that we're the byproduct of him showing how strong he is. He is here on the earth. Um. Uh, we're going to do a teaching coming up pretty soon. I got all these teachings lined up. We're gonna to have to stop doing church every Sunday. No, no, I'm just joking. Um, got another one coming up where 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 we need to real that we need that 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 it is in our we want to teach from uh, where the Bible says you know that that his strength is made perfect in our weakness and and that our weakness is are is not a point of shame. Your disappointments is not a point of shame. The places where you fall short is not a point of shame. It's going to be a point of glory. But the problem is, it's going to be a point of glory, not for us, because it's a weakness. It's something that is not good for us. It's something that we do fall short. It's not. So So it's going to be a, play, a point of glory in our lives. It's just that we're so used to glory and pats on the back to us that we look at weaknesses and say that or we look at a situation and see the weakness and, and can't see it as a place of glory. It's a place of God's glory. It's a place where God gets the glory. It's a place, it's a place of where, where we're weak. And then his strength abounds there, right? And so it will be a place of glory, but just not our glory. It'll be a place where God is glorified in our life with that weakness. I see I see you, Micah. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, the, the, the story. Okay, verse 12, chapter 6, verse 12. One day soon afterwards, uh, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Oh, that's his vile scripture again. Uh, uh, he went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. Verse 13, at daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here were their names. By the way, let me say this. This is also a thing that happened because of, um, COVID. And if I will remember this, we, we, we would meet in Greenbelt, um, some nights and have prayer nights for an hour. We'd get together and literally just pray. Um, and so when we're able to get back to doing that stuff, get ready for those, um, those prayer nights to, um, to, to, to kick back into as well. Uh, uh Simon, who, uh, he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, uh, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. Verse 17, when they came down from the mountain, the disciples uh, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large uh, level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowd. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from as far north as the sea of of Tyre, uh, and of Sidon they had come uh, to hear him and to be healed of let me turn the page and to be healed of their diseases uh, and those troubled by evil spirits uh, were healed everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and watch this and he healed everyone the bible says uh, uh so all these people came to him to, to, to for the unclean spirits and their diseases and sicknesses Every single one who touched him um, uh, was healed. Verse 20. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God, bless-', uh, this is what they call the Beatitudes. Um, God blesses you who are poor for the kingdom of God is yours. God blesses you who are hungry uh, now for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now for in due time you will laugh. Um, if you want to go online, I'm reading NLT. Uh, you can go online and read this from the New King James Version. The King James Version. It, it reads it, um, uh, to me more poetically. Um, and you just feel holy when you read it from the King James version, like. You, but anyway, verse twenty-two: uh, uh, What blessing awaits you uh, when people hate you and exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man? When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy, for a great reward awaits you where in heaven. And remember, their ancestors treated the ancient prophets the same way. Verse twenty-four: What sorrow awaits you who are rich, uh, for you have your only happiness now. What sorrow awaits you who are fat and prosperous now for a time of awful hunger awaits you. What sorrow awaits you who laugh now for your laughing will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits for you who are praised by the crowds for their ancestors also praised false prophets. Verse 27. It's about to get tough, God. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. In my Bible, I'm going to show you how, for some reason, that you can't see because of the virtual background. It's underlined. I have no clue why I underlined that. I'm trying to read through that as fast as possible. Verse 29, if someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And remember, things are taken away from you. Don't try to get them back. Here's the golden rule. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. If we could just treat people that way, do to people what you would have them do to you. Verse 32, if you only love those who love you, why should you get any credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. If you lend money to only those who can repay you, why should you get any credit? Even sinners lend to other sinners for full return. Listen, I'm I'm not gonna do this long. But isn't it funny how how there are some churches' benevolence committees that run this same way? We only going to give if you can give it back, or if you've given to the church already, or if you allow us to see your bank statements and all this other kind of stuff. And I get it; like you don't want to get you know people try to take advantage of stuff like that. But the Bible says if you only give the people who can repay it back, then what good then what good is it? You know, give and 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 by the way, and even if people do want to pay it back, because even impact is given to to several individuals who act. They, I want to pay it back. And we've allowed them to pay it back because sometimes to them, that's an act of faith or that, 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 that makes them, you know, and, and, and I'm fine with that. You know, they, don't, they never have to, um, but they, but, but they, you know, they, they, um, they end up doing it. um But it's clear that they don't necessarily have to, but they're like, oh, well, no, I, I want to, I'll get paid in a couple of weeks. And I, I promise I will give it back. And, 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 and they end up, and they end up doing it, um which is fine. Um, uh, but the point is, is that, you know, it's clear here that our giving shouldn't be tied to to any to anything you know what i mean we follow the holy spirit and there are plenty of we have tons of yeses and we do have a few no's and sometimes we say no but usually it's a yes uh verse 35 um love your enemies do good to them lend to them without expecting to be repaid then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Uh, 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 Let's see, verse 37. Don't judge others, and you will not be judged. Don't condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Uh, amen. Verse 39. Then Jesus gave the following uh, illustration. Can one blind person lead another? Won't they both fall into a ditch? Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. We did a whole teaching on this part right here in 41. And why worry about a speck in your friends? We did this on the, um, something about the way I see me or, or what do I see when I see me? That series, We, we talked about this. So you may want to go back and listen to that too. Um, Why why do you worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of of saying, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Um, Verse 43. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. Verse 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what makes it. uh, I'm sorry. Verse 47. I will show you what it is like when uh, someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on a solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against it, that house, it stands firm because it was well built, well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the flood sweeps down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. All right. So we'll stop there. We'll pick back up next week with uh, chapter 7. And, uh, and yeah, so next, um, uh, this upcoming Sunday, we're back on the Zoom call at 10. Um, I should have an update on the date that we're going to volunteer at Neighborhood Well with the mobile showers. Um, uh, I should have an update um, on that. And I got a, a, a text message today. The, the app is was, was being worked on today. Um, and we're just trying to work on like just connectivity um, with the whole thing. Um, so let's pray. And, uh, if anybody have any questions or anything they want to add, you know, i questions. This is something someone wants to ask a question or something they want to uh, say or add. Uh, feel free, uh, to do so. Let's pray.